Hey guys, what's going on? It's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week we are here with a special guest. This week we are here with Spencer Hendel. Now, for those of you that don't know Spencer, he's first and foremost a husband and soon to be father, which is extremely exciting. But he is also the head coach at CrossFit One Nation in Waltham, Massachusetts, the part owner of the Ham Plan, and longtime member of CrossFit Level 1 and Level 2 seminar staff, as well as an eight-time CrossFit Games veteran, six of those as an individual and two of those on a team highest place finish in both of those being fifth place so extremely perfect impressive performances but we're really excited to have spencer on the show we're going to be talking about his background how we got involved in crossfit how we got involved in coaching some of his mentors and really the entire process that got him to where he is today and during that conversation we're also going to touch on an awesome subject and that is how fitness transcends the walls of the gym and how we need to be using our fitness to express ourselves out in the real world versus only holding on to those skills and those abilities for what is in the workout so really excited to share this with all of you and without further ado let's get into the podcast All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 26, and we are here with Spencer Hendel. Spencer, I'm going to let you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. So take it away. Oh, geez. I always hate giving myself these intros. Um, well, my name is Spencer Hendel. Um, I think first and foremost, um, husband of a beautiful wife, Aaron, and soon to be not really sure baby boy or baby girl. We're going to find out um, on August 5th. So we'll find out then. Um, other than that, um, CrossFit uh, Games competitor uh, for eight years, uh, six as an individual, two as a team, uh, highest placing as an individual of fifth and highest placing as a team of fifth. Um, CrossFit coach at CrossFit One Nation um, in Waltham. Um, I head up their, their Waltham facility there. Uh, I've been doing that for a couple of years. I've owned an affiliate, uh, Reebok CrossFit Medfield, for a number of years. I uh, don't own it anymore. Um, kind of moved on from that. But then um, also CrossFit seminar staff uh, since 2012, and I run the Level 1 and Level 2 um, seminars for CrossFit HQ. So kind of a, kind of a, a list of things going on there. Yeah, it's awesome. Quite the uh, the resume there. Uh, well, fantastic. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, you know, you and I met back in 2013, I think it was, and so it's been a while since we got to catch up. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah. you're lucky. You're the first person that we're going to test out these "Would you rather" questions with to kick <laughs> off the show. It's great, be great, great, great. I can't wait. Oh, awesome. All right. So we're going to start off easy. So first question, what's your favorite movement or exercise? Uh, anything to squat. Um, you know, I've always, uh, from a very young age, um, grew up squatting. My dad taught me how to squat. My dad taught me how to lift and, uh, my legs are very strong. So anything that involves a squat, it's got my name on it. Love it. All right. What about favorite CrossFit workout? Oh, Helen. Um, that's three rounds, run 400 meters, um, 21 kettlebell swings, and 12 pull-ups. I'm surprised that's your favorite. That's not a not necessarily a big man's no. workout. No, I mean, I think I think uh, I just it's it's a fun workout. Um, you could definitely hurts as much as fast as you go. Oh, um, yeah. If I had to, if I had to choose a lifting workout, I'd probably choose DT. So DT and, and Helen are probably my top two, top two workouts. Nice. And then, uh, okay, moving on. Let's go favorite food. Oof, I do love food. I love food so much. I think I only work out to eat and drink. <laughs> um, I'd have to go with a burger. Um, okay. You know, if, if it was my last meal or if I could only eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would be a burger just because you can make it in so many different ways um, so many combinations, just a, just a, just a burger. I think that's going to be my favorite food. Love it. Versatility. All right. Yep. Uh, next beer. What's your favorite beer? 
Um, I'm a big IPA, double IPA fan. Um, as I've grown to love beer, it wasn't always a favorite of mine. Um, I travel a lot and I, I taste a lot of beer. Um, my favorite has to be one from Treehouse, which is out uh, by Worcester in Massachusetts, probably one of the top breweries in the world right now. Um, they create a beer called Super Typhoon. Um, Super Typhoon might be one of my favorites, or uh, it's called Very Green. Very Green might also be another one of my favorites. Okay. Maybe one, maybe one that you can get just about anywhere. You know, something you can get right off the of the shelf anywhere. Uh, King Sue. King Sue might be a good one that you could buy anywhere. Do you have you have that up there in uh, Michigan? King I have Sue? no idea. I'm not a beer connoisseur. <laughs> it's from it's from Toplin Toplin Goliath. And it's called King Sue, and it's pretty. It's pretty good. All right, I have to check it out. Yeah, I knew. I knew you were gonna have a good answer for that because I see <laughs> all your Instagrams, and I I know there had to be something. Like I said, I only work out to drink and eat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, these are starting to get better now. So, what superhero would you be? Um, superhero. Growing up, I always liked Batman more than Superman, so I think I'd have to go with Batman. Okay. Not not a bad choice. I'll give you that one. I always yeah. say Wolverine. That's my Ooh, go-to. There we, that, that was, that's Austin right there. Austin's, <laughs> True. Austin's superhero is Wolverine. All right. Moving right along. Pick one of these three. The f- Friends, The Office, or Other? Uh, the Office. Um, yeah. If I had to choose Other, it'd be Boy Meets World. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they just I... had... Uh, did you see the... Um, who put that out? Was it E News? E News put out uh, Mr. Feeney. Oh no, I didn't see that. Um, e News put a bit out on Instagram, I think, um, of Mr. Feeney like uh, thanking all the teachers. I think it was like National Teacher Appreciation Day or something. Oh, very cool. And it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Did did they do a uh, a reunion with that? I can't remember. They created um, Girl Meets World. It's like oh, Corey that's right. Pet. Corey and Topanga's daughter, whatever, mm-hmm. but um, it's nowhere near as good. I mean, yeah, you can't beat the original. No, you can't. All right, cruising along here. Would you rather wear sweatpants for the rest of your life or never be able to wear sweatpants again? Uh, never be able to wear sweatpants again. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to wear sweatpants. I'm more of a. I'm more of a shorts shorts kind of guy. Um, so I could live without sweatpants. That was exactly my answer. I went over these with, with Ashley, my fiance, before we did this. And yeah. she said, you're crazy. You wear sweats every day. And I said, I would just wear shorts. Like, yeah. There's, there's yeah, no difference. Just, yeah. Wear shorts. I mean, does capris count? Uh, that's a good question. That's somewhere in that limbo Cause, land. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if capris were legal, then, I mean, I would go shorts and capris over sweatpants. So. That's bold, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, would you rather have all your shirts be two sizes too big or one size too small? One size too small, definitely. Smart choice. I'll wear a large instead of an extra large. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, what do we got next here? I couldn't, ima- I couldn't imagine Austin wearing a small, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait till he answers that question one of these days. All right, would you rather wrestle a bear or an alligator? Definitely an alligator. I feel like the alligator would whoop some ass. I don't know. I just like, I feel better about the alligator, like jumping like on top of it and just bear hugging it before it got the chance, before it got the chance to like do anything. Whereas a bear is literally, have you seen the Revenant? You see what he does to to Leonardo DiCaprio? It's a, it's, it's sad. And if he does that to Leo, I mean, we're we're dead. We're dead. We're done. <laughs> All right. Would you rather only be able to drink coffee or never be able to drink coffee again? Only drink coffee. Wow. Oh, yeah. I like coffee, but I don't know if I could only drink that. That's that's aggressive. <laughs> All right. Would you, would you rather be able to change one thing in your past or get a real get-out-of-jail-free card? Um... I don't know. I think I'd rather change one thing in the past. I think I'd rather change one thing in the past. Got it. That's a tough one. 
All right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know, I, I don't know. So some people either. I think you. I think some people always have one thing, if not many things, that they wish that they could change, um, or those people that maybe just haven't done that one thing yet. So, That's if you a- haven't done that, if you, if you haven't done that one thing yet, you probably want that get out of jail free card. Um, but if you've already made that one mistake or a couple mistakes, you probably want something you could take back. Wise words. Wise words. <laughs> All right. Would you rather? Remember every conversation you have or everything that you read? Ooh. Um, so I wish I read more. I wish, I really wish I read more. I just, I just don't. It does, I, I can't find anything to keep my attention span for that long. Um, if I do though, if I do end up finding that one thing that keeps my attention that I'm, that I'm, that I'm in like the, like I'll, I'll sit there and I'll read, you know, all day, but I rarely find a book that keeps my attention for that long. So for that alone, because I don't read that much, I'm probably going to have to go remember every conversation that I have because I do listen to a lot of things rather than read. Got it. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Now, do you listen to audio books or you just don't do any books period unless they're no, super I- enticing? I, I'll listen to audiobooks, um, but I really do try to find actual physical books that entice me, that keep my that pique my interest. Um, it just it just takes me so long to get through a book. I mean, I'm just not a really fast reader. That's that's all right. We're uh, Ashley and I. We're reading fiction at night, like 30 minutes fiction to kind of wind down and uh, yeah, just like yeah. settle. And, yeah. Uh, we're reading through the Harry Potter series. Oh, nice. We're on book number seven, but on the sixth book, she is crazy competitive, like to the point of it being a problem. And now it has become a competition and it is no longer relaxation at night. It is a straight race. And it is competition to what? To finish the book? To finish the series, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it really put a damper on things. I had a good thing going before I involved her. (laughs) All right. Uh, next, would you rather only be able to listen to the same song every day for the rest of your life or only be able to watch the same movie every day for the rest of your life? Oh, I love music too much. Um, I'd have to go movie. All right. And then final question. This is just for you. Would you rather fight James Hobart or Austin Maliolo? Um, God. Probably Austin Maliolo. Probably Austin Maliolo. Is that just because James, like, he's just so composed all the time that he'll have some crazy wild side and just snap on you? Yeah, I mean, James is just so calm, cool, and collected and never really know what James is thinking. Like, some days you might get this James, some days you might get this James. Um, He's probably hiding something under there that no one really knows. Whereas Austin, like, you know what you're going to get. Like, it's just going to be like, he's going to come at you throwing haymakers, like full on, just run 120%, 120 miles an hour right at you. And, you know, you just, you just make do with what you got. Whereas, (laughs) whereas, whereas I feel like James is going to be a wild card. Love it. Good answer. All right. Well, now that we're through the the fun questions, uh, I think that's a good way to break the ice, get people to know you a little bit. Now we can sort of move into our conversation here and, uh, without tumbling too far down the rabbit hole, like tell us a little bit about your background prior to CrossFit. You know, were you involved in athletics in high school or college, or you know, was fitness a staple in your life? Things like that. Yeah, um, I was a I was an athlete in middle school, high school, um, baseball, basketball, football. Uh, those were probably the three that I stayed with for most of my career. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that I didn't touch. I mean, growing up, my parents put me through volleyball lessons and tennis and golf and swimming and like this, that, and the other thing. So, I mean, there wasn't really anything that I didn't do, but there were obviously things that I really loved. Um, my dad growing up, or I shouldn't say growing up before I was really even born, um, played in the NFL for the Miami dolphins and the USFL for the Jacksonville bulls. So, you know, football was definitely something that I wanted to give a little bit of a go, but to be honest, um, 
to be honest, I hated hitting people. Um, just wasn't, didn't, didn't like running full speed, you know, head first into somebody. It just wasn't my thing. Um, I loved catching the ball. Uh, so I, I liked like being a receiver or tight end or something like that. So offense was more my side of the ball. Uh, whereas my dad was a linebacker and absolutely loved hitting the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so, I think I met uh, your dad once when I worked with you at Reebok and he's definitely a yeah. beast. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's God, you should see wedding pictures of him. He doesn't even have any neck. He's a traps into his ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I played football, uh, wasn't 100% my favorite baseball was my favorite. And that's kind of what took me all the way through high school. But then, um, ended up with Tommy John surgery on my elbow, my senior year of high school. And that kind of put a nix on all scholarships to college and playing in college and anything like that. So, um, never got the chance to walk onto my team, just the elbow never really healed. And it was kind of at that point in time where I found, uh, CrossFit. Awesome. So you actually found CrossFit going into college or after you yeah my senior senior year of high school senior high school so you know 17 whatever that is yeah wow and how back then i'm assuming somebody probably just told you about it you went to dot com tried it out you know what was Um, that whole experience like it was actually uh my father that got me into it so like i said my dad played football um at the highest level and then after he played he went and ended up coaching college football and so we moved around a lot as kids, uh, as my dad kind of got different jobs, different colleges. Um, but wherever he coached, he was always the defensive coordinator and the strength and conditioning coach. And so as the strength and conditioning coach, we were responsible to get the team in shape. And um, it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he started using CrossFit to get his players in shape. And, uh, you know, I'm watching, you know, everyone going through whatever he's putting them through. And I'm like, hey, you know, maybe I could use CrossFit as a way to rehab my elbow and get myself ready for, you know, potentially walking on my college baseball team. Um, And then, you know, little did I know that I you know, wasn't going to be able to play, but I kind of started CrossFit as kind of a rehab for uh, college. Love that. And just to give everybody an idea, what year was that? Um, that was, I graduated in 2000. When did I graduate? 2011. Yeah. 2011. So, um, I graduated. So that was 2007. Sorry. 2007. I was going to say it couldn't be 11. You're older no, than I. No, no. 2007. Got it. Yeah. So early, early on in the, in the CrossFit days. All right. Sorry, my my dog is literally destroying this carpet out here. My wife, my wife's gonna my wife's gonna kill me. <laughs> it's all right. How this, old is this he? Ball, this ball this ball of carpet. Um, he is not even six months. Oh yeah, you're done for. Yep, he's just an absolute mess. He's probably 60, 60 pounds right now, and um, just full of terror. And Bernice Mountain Dog, right? <laughs> Bur- yeah, Bernice Mountain Dog. And how? How big do you think he'll get? A uh, hundred, 110, something like that. His parents Ooh. weren't, his parents weren't like, you know, usually Bernie's, I mean, not usually, but they have the potential to be like 140 ish pounds, but mm-hmm. um, his parents were like a hundred pounds, but they were tall. Got it. And so I think, I think he's going to be more of a, a lean, lean looking burner. Nice. Well, so, but yeah, anywho, my dad got me into it. Long story short, 2007. <laughs> Do you remember what your first workout was? Grace. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, my dad taught me how to lift and growing up, you know, I saw his football players cleaning. I saw him snatching. I saw him all this stuff. And so like, I grew up knowing how to lift. And so, you know, he thought he would entice me into CrossFit by, you know, a lifting workout, 30 clean and jerks per time. You know, I did the RX weight 135 and it took me the better half of 10 minutes. And, um, you know, then I'd spend the rest of the time in a pool of my own sweat and bodily fluids and cursing my father's name under my breath, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I probably didn't, I didn't want to do another workout for like two weeks. And then I came back out, you know, to the gym or the garage, wherever we were. And, um, I was like, all right, let's try this again but uh, let's scale it a little bit. <laughs> and so scale, scaled my second workout, whatever my second workout was. And it definitely was a much better experience and 
kind of started to fuel fuel my fire. Yeah, what kept you coming back? Was it just the the drive to to go faster to to get fitter, or was it like that competitive nature you had that you realized that could kind of fill the void? Um, well, I really just wanted to get in better shape for baseball. That was really you know why I wanted to start it. But then, you know, once I, you know, found that I wasn't going to, you know, play baseball anymore, then I was like looking at things on YouTube and I saw the 2008 CrossFit Games on YouTube. And that's the year that Jason Kalipa just came out of nowhere and and won. And um, I'm going to hang on. So let me keep talking. So he came out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere and won. And um, it was that exact workout. It was the clean. It was the squat clean and jerk race in which he, you know, came up behind uh, Spieler and um, Josh Everett. And um, I'm watching this on YouTube and I'm like, wow, this is a big guy. You know, Jason Kleber looks ginormous on YouTube. And I mean, he is, he is a big guy. And um, I was like, I want to be like Jason Kleber. And so it was like the two, after the 2008 um, watching that, I was like, I'm going to, you know, get in shape for the 2009 CrossFit games. And you know, that kind of just, that's where it all stemmed. That's from. awesome. And then you yeah. just from there, it was, that was the the beginning of the end as far as, being involved in the CrossFit world as it relates to the sport. And yeah, that's awesome. I had no idea that was kind of the origin story there. And so you were a competitive athlete before coaching ever became a thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was competitive first and then coaching kind of came into play as I graduated college. Um, I mean, my friends in college, you know, would always ask me, you know, Hey, you know, am I doing this right? Hey, does this look right? They would always ask me like questions, stuff like that, but I never actually coached a class or coached an individual until I graduated college and I was looking for, you know, something to do post-college. Got it. And where was that class? Was that at, cause your dad owned a gym, right? My dad owns two gyms in Charlotte, uh, CrossFit Charlotte, and then Reebok CrossFit Charlotte Uptown. Got it. And did you coach um, at one so, of those? Yeah, I coached at CrossFit Charlotte and, you know, like I said, it was really just something to do over the summer as I was, you know, getting ready to compete at the, um, 2011 CrossFit games. Awesome. And, um, it was after the the 2011 CrossFit games that I got a phone call from Don Hasselbeck who was basically in charge of all of the Reebok athletes back then. And he was like, Hey, you should uh, call up Austin Maliolo. And because he's coaching at Reebok CrossFit one or this facility at Reebok where they're all the employees are doing CrossFit, you know, you should call him up and, you know, see if you can get a job up here and then you and Austin could train, you know, whatever. And, um, so I called up Austin and he was like, yeah, you know, come on up and interview and this, that, and the other thing. And so it was in 2011 that I went up to Reebok, um, tried coaching classes there and, um, not many people know this, but Austin and Denise turned me away. Um, they, they turned me down the first time I came up there. They said, you know, you're a great person. You got a great personality. Um, people love you, but you're just too quiet. You know, you gotta, you gotta break out of your shell, man. You gotta, gotta be a, you gotta be the biggest version of you possible because they, they, they were coaching like 50, 40 or 50 person classes, mm-hmm. you know, down, down in Charlotte with my dad. Like it was like maybe max 20 people, but like 10 to 20 people. And I knew everyone down in Charlotte. So it like, wasn't, you know, much for me to, 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 to know everything about anyone that was coming into the gym. And I didn't really have to try that hard. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas when I went up to Reebok, it was like, all right, I don't know anyone. I have to get out of my comfort zone and go like talk to people. I have to be a biggest version of myself that I could possibly be. This is not who I am. And so they sent me away and, um, you know, Austin didn't think anything of it. He didn't think that he'd be here for me again. 
but I actually went back down to Charlotte, um, called up another trainer of my uh, friend of mine. She lived in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Her name is Bobby Millsaps. And I went and coached at Bobby's gym for a week, two weeks. And just like, I coached every single one of her classes, just like day in, day out, coach, 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 coach. And I did it because I didn't know anyone down there. Just like I didn't know anyone up at Reebok. And it was kind of, you know, a way to get me out of my shell to, you know, kind of figure out what I needed to do up there in order to get the job at Reebok. And so Bobby, you know, offered feedback and, you know, how to do this better, how to do that better. And fucking groomed me into the, uh, you know, the coach that ended up getting a job working at Reebok CrossFit one. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never heard that story, but that's incredible. So, yeah. I went, you know, and, and then after I was with Bobby, I obviously, you know, the, the story kind of ends there, but I finished up with Bobby called Austin back up and was like, Hey, can I have another shot? And he was like, yeah, I, I guess so. And <laughs> You know, I, I came back up to Boston. He said I was a completely different guy. Wow. That's great. I love the, the perseverance and the, the drive there. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting that same kind of feedback when I first started there as an intern and it, it, I wasn't even coaching yet. And I was just interacting with, with the members and it was the same yeah, thing. You know, yeah. Denise would tell me like, Hey, you got to talk more. You got to be bigger. You got to be louder. And, uh, it was exactly what you said, be the biggest version of yourself. So, you know, it, I think it happens to everybody, especially in the beginning. I, I agree. And so once you once you got up there and started coaching, you know, was was Austin were Austin and Denise sort of your mentors in that process? And you know, how did that eventually lead to working for seminar staff and sort of where you're at today? Yeah, Austin and Denise, you know, I, I owe definitely a lot to them. Um as well as uh Eva Claire Sinkowski and uh Jonathan Gilson. Uh just just a just a whole um long laundry list of you know old school crossfit coaches and legends as far as seminar staff goes and and crossfit goes in general um james hobart you know up here i mean there's just like i said the, the longest laundry list of the who's who of crossfit legends um so you know, definitely those guys play a huge part in my development in as a coach. And then, you know, it was probably a couple months into coaching at Reebok CrossFit one where Denise and Austin were like, Hey, you should, you know, intern for staff. And, you know, um, and, uh, so I started, started that process. And my first, um, first internship was with Eva Claire Sinkowski and that was terrifying um to say the least but she was she was harmless and uh she was really helpful and gave me a lot of good feedback and definitely set me up for a successful second internship with uh uh, eric preston who's a west coast guy and um it was yeah after the second internship it was uh good to go from there that's awesome yeah we actually had ec on the show couple weeks back a few weeks back but uh we talked all about that you know the old days and back when she was yeah before really it was a a thing to sign up for the level one everybody was just going that was in the crossfit world because that's what you did (laughs) yep and so it's it's crazy to see how far it's come since then but uh that's awesome and obviously since getting on staff you've had all kinds of experiences and all kinds of mentors like you said i think the the longer you're in this field, the more people you meet, the more people that influence your style, your voice, your your coaching. All the the list is almost endless. The longer you're in the in yeah, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Cool. Well, now I want to talk a little bit about the transition from going from a competitive athlete to a competitive athlete who's also coaching, and then really yeah. into sort of where you're at today, going from an affiliate owner to now working in this business that is the hand plan and just as briefly as we can, cause I know we don't want to go down an entire rabbit hole. Like what was that whole transition <laughs> like? Um, scary. Uh, you know, as, as, as an athlete in a sport that doesn't really make a whole lot of money, um, you know, unless you're, you know, that guy at the top, um, you have to figure out what else to do to make money. 
And so coaching was kind of like, you know, the next easiest way to, to still train as much as I needed to train to be a, you know, professional CrossFit athlete, but also make money to live. Um, so, you know, definitely moving up to Reebok and Boston and coaching at Reebok CrossFit one, but also being in an environment where I had Austin, I had James, I had at the time like Jared Davis, um, and a few other Joe Maisley and a few other people up there that were also, you know, very competitive that I could use to, um, to, you know, continue to fuel that fire. So that was, that was definitely necessary. Um, you know, and then, you know, you do that for <laughs> as long as you can and you, know, you keep going, keep going, having fun. And then, you know, you realize that, you know, CrossFit isn't going to be, you know, competitive wise, CrossFit isn't going to be the thing that you set your whole life up on. Um, you know, it's kind of, like I said, it's, it's not going to make you millions of dollars, or at least most people is not going to make you millions of dollars, um, you know, to set your entire life up. So you have to continue this other part of your life, um, which is, you know, setting yourself up for success later on down on the road. And so, I think the next big thing for me was being an owner or part owner in the gym. Um, you know, that would help set myself up, you know, for, for future, for the future. And, um, that's when me and my business partner opened up, um, Reebok CrossFit Medfield and, you know, that definitely, you know, got my other half of my life going and, and this, that, and the other thing, but I was still able to compete. And then, you know, just, then down the line, you know, you start getting into other um, avenues and other things start popping up and, you know, you start to get adventurous and you start to take on, uh, take on other things like the ham plan was developed um, after that. And then, you know, me and Austin getting to work together from, um, you know, heading up one of his facilities, uh, One Nation Waltham. So it's just like, all these different opportunities arise out of all of these different relationships that you create. Um, and it all started, you know, being an athlete and then being a coach. And um, I don't even think, you know, looking back at it, the athlete part of it really makes that big of a splash as being a good coach and being a good human being. I think that, you know, you could put all of the athlete accolades and um, successes and failures to the side, but um, the coach and the person that you actually are, I think help develop the relationships that help you succeed truly in the future. So. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, we, yeah. John and I, John Main and I used to talk about that all the time and, uh, you know, with Denise and Austin as well when I was there and uh, I still talk about it today with folks and it really is, like you said, all about the relationships. Like you have to be a good human being, you have to be, you know, able to communicate with people, to be empathetic, to be, like you said, the biggest version of yourself, to build these relationships and then obviously work your ass off to earn opportunities that will present themselves, you know, through all of those experiences. So I think it's cool that, you know, you can look back on that and see how it sort of unfolded. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, definitely not to put down, you know, the CrossFit competition years. I mean, they were certainly fun, but you know, I, I don't think that they, you know, do anything to you or for you in the future. <laughs> yeah. Maybe beat you up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely beat you up a little bit. You know, you're slow waking up in some mornings. Yeah, I, re I remember back, you had just left, I think, Reebok 1 or made the transition over to Medfield. And I remember seeing Austin prepping for, what would that have been? I guess the 2013 games. Yeah. I, yep. I thought, holy crap. Like, this dude is putting himself through the ringer. Yeah. I mean, I missed out on 2013 and 2014, but. Yeah. I mean, each year and each year only got even more challenging. I mean, then I made it back in 2015 and I remember, you know, Austin and I training together and it's just, it's a full-time job, yeah. you know, you know, and you're just, and it, it, it's a little bit different today in today's world, but 
you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's eye opening for like, it was eye opening for me. And I think it's some, something that like folks who are aspiring to do that need to hear, or maybe have misguided aspirations to do that. Like, Hey, these guys aren't invincible. They're not walking around feeling like a million bucks every single day after these training sessions. Like, no, I mean, I think you can really make the correlation. I mean, a lot of people growing up, you know, you you hear about people quitting high school or you're dropping out of college and this, that, and the other thing to, to try to be this quote unquote CrossFit athlete. But if you think about it in terms of a regular sport, I mean, individuals play entire four years of high school, let's say football, all right, play all four years of high school football. All right. Then you play all four years of college football. And then maybe then, you know, the 1% go play in the NFL or European league or Canadian league or whatever it is. Um, And so to think that you're going to drop out of high school or drop out of college and go right to the pros and, and be, and be this, you know, top CrossFit athlete. I mean, in maybe very few, you know, there's the LeBron James, you know, there's, um, you know, the Michael Jordan, you know, what, whoever you want to, you know, make the comparison to, but, you know, it's the very smallest of percentages, you know, yeah. so it's just, it's just un, unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's even changed since the back in 2013, 14, 15. I mean, it's drastically different from then to now, even in terms of the, the dedication and the sacrifices and all those things. So um, definitely a good point there. Well, on that sort of a tangent to that, what I wanted to talk a little bit about today with you, because I think you're a pretty active guy, right? Like if you follow, if people follow you on Instagram, you're, you're hiking, you're skiing, like you're, you're outdoors. And so I want to talk a little bit about how training and at least the, the affiliate model, not the competitive side of things, but how we really should be training for life outside the gym and how fitness transcends the walls of the gym. And I would assume you guys probably preach a similar message to your members and maybe the folks who are using the affiliate programming through the hand plan. Uh, but really just to let folks know or touch on the fact like, Hey, we don't, we don't need you to walk on your hands or hit a PR on your snatch or ever get a muscle up. Like we want you to be able to play with your kids, kick ass and pick up games and like hit homers and trick league softball, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, 99.9% of CrossFitters or let's say fitness enthusiasts out there are just like, you know, everyday people that, you know, want to, like you said, play with their kids, hit home runs and pick up softball, you know, go out and play golf, go skiing, go on a run, go for a bike ride, like drink a beer on the weekend, you know, whatever. And like, it's, it's that right there that I think, um, you know, is going to keep crossfit around for a long time like i don't i don't see it going anywhere um you know i it's just it's 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 just it's just what it is yeah that's the reason that's there is it's the reason that i do it still to this day is just like yeah i'm not being competitive anymore um there's a lot of things that i don't do because i'm not a competitive athlete anymore take handstand push-ups for example it's like one of my the bane of my existence um, but I won't, I won't do kipping handstand pushups anymore. I'm just, I just do strict handstand pushups cause I don't want to put that stress, stress, stress and, um, aggravation on my neck. Yeah. I just, I just, there's no reason for a 215 pound individual to be upside down, resting their entire body weight on their neck. Yeah, um, I agree. So, um, I, I will only do strict handstand pushups from now on. Um, you know, I haven't really butterflied many kipping pull-ups, um, in a while. I do a lot of kipping pull-ups. Um, there's just a lot of things that I'll do because I'm just not competitive anymore. Uh, I mean, I still hit every single one of my workouts as hard as, you know, I personally can, you know, that's faster than some people that's slower than some people. You know, there's always someone out there that's better than you. And, um, as long as you're pushing yourself to your own physical and psychological tolerances, you're going to, you know, like you said, be be able to go out there and lift your kids up over your head. You're going to be able to go out there and play a pickup game of ultimate Frisbee and go out there and go ski it. 
So it's just, um, it's for those reasons that I, you know, continue to do what I'm doing. Yeah. I love that. And that's, I mean, that's the, the bulk of what i really wanted to touch on here is, and it was great to hear you say it, you know, obviously as you transitioned out of that competitive landscape, your perspective on training didn't change in terms of like CrossFit, the methodology being affected, affected, no. but no. it did likely shift to, Hey, there are some things I don't necessarily need to expose my body to, but I can still get really, really fit and maintain my fitness by utilizing other modalities, other movements, other options still within that CrossFit methodology. A hundred percent. You know, I, I will do CrossFit until I die. You know, it's just, you know, are there, are there other things that I've gotten into since not being competitive? I have a Peloton now. I love, I love the Peloton. It's great. I use it all the time, but I'll do CrossFit. I'll do the Peloton. And like, you've already said, like, I'm go, I'm going skiing. I'll, I'll go play golf. I'll go play a pickup, um, you know, Frisbee game, you know, what, whatever it is. So there's just a lot of other things that you add or should add into your, let's say repertoire of fitness, um, to just keep yourself going. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's awesome to hear, you know, someone who was at that highest level in the competitive side and like CrossFit, the sport, having that transition and that, that shift in perspective of, Hey, you know, there's a lot of things we can incorporate into our lives, into our fitness. It doesn't always have to be strictly quote unquote CrossFit. Like if you want to do Peloton, yeah. do Peloton. If you, if you're someone who enjoys like a normal spin class, go there or yoga or whatever it is, you know, the, I don't, I think there was a tendency a few years back and it's starting to, to fade away, which is good to really identify yourself by like the methodology of, Hey, like I only do CrossFit. That's what I do. Or, yeah. you know, I only spin something like that. So I think it's important that folks realize, Hey, you can do a, a variety of things and that's probably going to benefit you more than just trying to specialize in like one particular fitness methodology. Yep. Cool. Yep. And now, uh, with that, have you ever noticed uh, either with members at your current affiliate or, or even with like a, cl a personal training client or anyone really, have you ever had to have that conversation with someone of saying like, Hey, you know, maybe we're doing too much too often too soon because it is impacting their ability to do all those things that we just talked about. You know, if they're so sore or so beat up leaving the gym that, you know, they're having trouble doing all of those things in their daily lives. Like, have you ever had to have that kind of conversation with anybody? I think scaling is a big part of what we do. Um, I think scaling in any um, domain is a big part of what anyone should do. Um, you know, you should scale to your own physical and psychological tolerances, what you're currently able to do. And then you can always make something harder from there. You know, it's just like too many people will go into anything, set fitness aside, you, whatever, whatever the domain you want to talk about, people will dive into that domain and expect them to, you know, do whatever the quote unquote RX is. And it's just, it's just not possible, you know, for some people. Yeah, sure. Some, some freak athletes, you know, really, gifted individuals can do that, but most people are going to have to, you know, scale the weight or scale the amount of time that they're working for or scale the number of reps or, you know, scale the movement to a version of the movement that allows them to complete whatever it is that they need to complete. So, you know, take a handstand pushup, for example, um, at the very bare bones of what that is. It's a, the most difficult version of a push that you could possibly do. So for someone, it might be a push-up, you know, a push-up from the knees or a push-up on a box. And, um, you know, you, you start there and then you slowly start to, you know, advance in the progression of pushing. And, you know, maybe eventually someday you get upside down and you get your first handstand push-up. But at the same time, maybe then you don't. You know, it's not the end of the world if you don't ever get a handstand pushup. You know, let's, let's, you know, call a spade a spade. Do you really need to be able to get upside down and do a handstand pushup? Is that, is that benefiting your, is that benefiting your life in some ways? Yes. 
in a lot of ways, no. I mean, I'd rather someone be able to bang out 50 push-ups unbroken than be able to do one handstand push-up. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying that the handstand push-up is a bad movement. I'm just saying that there are other things that are probably more pressing to an individual's life than some of those, you know, some of those movements that people are so, you know, set in their ways on, on getting Mm -hmm. or achieving. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, you know, I think that was probably, I feel like I saw that a lot back a few years ago, maybe three, four, five years ago when that entire group of people who probably found CrossFit sometime between 2000, we'll say 2010 to 2013, that I think that entire crew of people, it was very, it was very much still exclusive, right? Not everyone knew what it was. Uh, I think it was still very much part of the culture to try and aspire to do all of those things and to progress your way to those things. But now I think because so many of those folks have been doing it for so long and we're attracting new folks, I think it's positive in a way that maybe they're not trying to achieve those things. Like if they want to, fantastic. But like you said, we don't necessarily need anybody to kick up and do a handstand push-up. If they want to and they can do it safely and effectively, that's awesome. But I think people are starting to realize, hey, I can get really fit, I can get really healthy, and I can do the things I want to do outside of the gym without getting a muscle up or doing a full snatch or trying to do a handstand push-up. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I don't want to ever discourage anyone. I mean, everyone should always be inspired and, um, and, and in the pursuit, I should say, of being able to, to per, you know, further those movements as far as you can possibly go with them. You know, don't ever stop, you know, pursuing something that you want, but also don't be discouraged if that one thing just doesn't happen. You know, there are other ways to, um, there, there are other means to the end. Yeah, absolutely. And so for you, since we're talking about fitness outside the gym, we talked about skiing already, but what are some of the, your favorite things to, to express your fitness outside of those four walls of the gym? Um, I really enjoy golf. Um, I'm really upset that the golf courses here in Massachusetts are closed um, or else I'd be out there every, every day during this quarantine. Um, I got into golf after I moved up here to Boston and I met my now wife. Uh, her father is really big into golf and I got into it to try to uh, have something to do with him and maybe one day eventually beat him, but that's not happening. <laughs> 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 so there's there's one thing right there that I'm I'm just okay, you know, trying to develop my game as good as I can get it, but know that I'll never beat him. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's probably been playing uh, quite a bit longer, so I think that's okay. And he he plays a lot, way more than I do. Um, but I like to golf, I like to ski. Um, I like to I like riding bikes. I like, I like going out and like hiking and just doing like outdoorsy things. Um, you know, like, like you said, just getting out of the the four walls of the gym. Sweet. Uh, I think all that stuff's awesome. I have never, I don't know if it's cause I move too frequently, but I just have never gotten into golf. I want to, it's something I would love to do, but by the time I feel like we're settled somewhere, one of us, Ashley or I, have gotten a new job and we're we're bouncing to the next state. So hopefully one of these days I'll be able to well, settle in. Well, the good news is ev- everywhere's got golf courses, sir, Derek. It, well, it does. I'm just making excuses for myself not to uh, not <laughs> and, to buy some golf, clubs. Golf clubs can travel anywhere. Uh, I, you're just calling me no. out right here, yeah. exposing me. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, closing up here and, and sort of fast-forwarding, we kind of took everyone through the journey of how you got into CrossFit, your your career, and what you're doing now. Like, if we fast forward to present day, like, what's life look like for Spencer Hendel? You know, what what's your typical day looking like? Mm, um, well, outside of quarantine, um, let's just take a normal day. Um, you know, if I'm opening the gym, uh, you know, I get up at four thirty, and you know, I'm to the gym by five. And then our first class is at five 30. 
Um, and then I'm usually in the gym, 5.30, 6.30, um, coaching about three or four classes um, in that day. And then I'll work out somewhere in that time frame. I bring the dog with me. So the dog's at the gym with me. Um, and then after I work out, I'm usually there watching um, one of the midday classes uh, to, to uh, just offer the, the coach that's coaching feedback or, you know, whether it's saying hi to members and just, just being on site and being there. Um, and then, you know, as far as the hand plan goes, um, trying to get some programming in during the day, you know, trying to stay ahead on that. If it's, you know, a day like uh, Wednesday or today, like a Thursday, then we're starting to input next week's workouts into the back ends of things like tribe and Wattify and sugar wad. Um, and then, Somewhere around three, somewhere around three, you know, start heading home. Um, my wife, Erin, usually gets home right around 5.30, 6-ish, somewhere in there, maybe sometimes earlier, depending on her day. Um, but, you know, then you start start winding down. You start cooking dinner and trying to sit down and have some time to you and your wife and, you know, soon to be soon to be kid and trying to spend time with your family and trying to put work or um, work related things on hold and really take that time to make it special and be in the present moment um, with your family because you know in the end you know let's be honest family is you know the most important thing um, in this world in this life and um, you know we talked about relationships earlier and you know those relationships that you you know, make the most special, which is more than likely your family relationships. You know, that's, that's really who you're going to create your memories with. It's really, you know, what lives with you for the rest of your life. And so, you know, you got to find time to, to make those little memories and make the most of those things. And then you go to bed and you wake up and you do it all over again. <laughs> do it all over. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, and then not every week is it an opening week. You know, I alternate with some of my other coaches and some weeks I open, some weeks I close, but, um, yeah, generally we have the weekends weekends off and we use some of our part-time coaches to coach some of the classes over the weekends. And so over the weekends, if it's nice outside, um, if it's the summer, my wife and I, uh, her parents have a house in, in Cape Cod and we'll go there and, you know, spend the weekend in the Cape. Um, that's where, you know, I'll try to, beat my father-in-law golf. <laughs> um, and then, uh, if it's in the winter, that's when I try to escape and go up North and get some skiing. And so. Nice. Well, I love yeah. that. And I, I love the, the entire aspect of, or the, the component that you were talking about with the family and the relationships. And I think for people in our field, especially and people who are involved in a lot of different ventures, such as yourself, it, it can be hard at times to shut all that off at the end of the day. You know, I, Ashley and I have this conversation all the time because we're running our business and it's so easy to just work through the entire day. And before you know it, it's 8.30 and you haven't done anything but work on the business all day or work at the gym all day and you didn't spend any time with each other. And so I think that's something that takes conscious effort. I think you have to value those things like you said in order to make that happen and really just set aside that time of okay hey you know we're both done with work at at you know fill in the blank then let's take some time for each other and let's really make those memories as you said and, and prioritize those things yeah i think i think it's one thing that i've always been pretty good at is uh a work-life um balance you know I, I get my work done i get my stuff done and then you know you, you you go on with with life and and what truly matters and um you know you look around at some other people and it's just work 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 and uh, all the other important things just kind of fall to the wayside and um you know not not to say that one way is right over the other not to say that you shouldn't work that hard but i think that there has to be a balance um for yourself, but also a balance that you and your significant other, you know, to where everyone's satisfied, to where yeah. everyone is, is, is happy. Absolutely. And now, are there, is there anything exciting coming up? Any kind of new ventures or anything on the horizon with Hamplan or CrossFit One Nation or anything that you're looking forward to? Obviously, fatherhood. 
Yeah, definitely fatherhood. Um, I'm very eager for um, August, August 5th to get here. Um, scared. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be a really, really awesome experience. Um, you know, my, my mom and dad couldn't be more excited. Aaron's mom and dad couldn't be more excited. Um, everyone's super pumped about that. Um, as far as the hand plan goes, I mean, we're just, we're just going to keep pumping, keep, keep pushing as much as we can. Um, you know, before all this quarantine stuff happened, you know, we were trying to, uh, get a few more sanctionals under our belt. Like we were going to program for, uh, China. Um, obviously that fell through. Um, we, we did end up programming for, um, uh, South America down there. So that already happened before the quarantine. Um, but we're going to try to get a few more sanctionals under our belt. Hopefully those pick back up again next year. Um, we just got on Wattify and we're just going to, you know, keep putting out eBooks. I mean, just, just literally trying to take over the world as far as the hand plane goes and, um, and see how far we can run with it. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, with that kind of business, that's, that's how you got to be always aspiring to put out the best, the best you can to make the experience as, as great as possible for the people you're serving. I mean, it's really like, like media. I mean, the more media you can get out there, get in front of people and it's gotta be, you know, if it's good stuff, I mean, people will come back to it. Um, you know, we turned Austin's garage into the hand plan studio. And, you know, like I said, Travis, I mean, the media genius that he is, um, you know, we, we put out some really, some really good stuff. Yeah, no, it's looked awesome. The and Austin's garage looks great. It's super clean. Look, the videos look awesome. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, well, Travis is, and especially Travis, killing it with the the graphic design there. All right. Yeah. Well, last thing I have for you is, and this might be a doozy. As we're closing up here, if you could give three pieces of advice, or maybe even three just general statements for folks that are listening in regards to fitness, nutrition, mindset, any of those things, anything that surrounds really our health, what would those three things be? Mm. As far as health goes, um, I really truly believe that coach Greg Glassman is, you know, on to something with this off the carbs, off the couch, you know, campaign that he's doing. And, you know, regardless of what it is that you do off of the couch, if you can just get off the couch and go do something, whether it's walking, whether it's, you know, a CrossFit workout, whether it's riding the Peloton, whether it's yoga, I, I literally don't care what it is. But if you could just make yourself get up off the couch and go do something with your day, I mean, it's, it is a very significant, um, change to your life. Not only in terms of, it's just, it's just, I can't even, it's just, just making yourself go do something is a significant change in your life. Then you can of course make the changes, um, to your diet, you know, off the carbs. Yes. But I mean, I think more specifically, you know, just eat carbs, protein, and fat, with every single meal of your, of your, of your day, you know, what that consists of. I mean, anyone can, you know, eat beef jerky, peanut butter, and, um, you know, chocolate chip, or I mean, uh, you know, tortilla chips, you know, that could be your protein, carbs, and fat. But, you know, if you can make those, you know, relatively healthy choices of protein, carbs, and fat, that would be ideal. But I think as far as health goes, I think that that, that would be, something that I would uh, try to get in front of people as much as I possibly could, because, you know, it's changing the world and um, it's changing people's lifestyle. Um, what else is out there? What else is out there in my life? Yeah. It could even be like maybe some of your core values or what, what you think has provided a lot of benefit to you personally. If you're, if you're, if you're hungry for something, go, go get it. Um, don't ever let someone tell you that you can't do something. I think that that was definitely something in my life that, that helped not only in sports, but also just in life in general. 
you know, don't ever listen to somebody that is negative. Negativity is, is very contagious and it will just ruin your life. Um, stick, stick around positive people and, you know, surround yourself with positive people. Um, constructive criticism is fine, but stick around positive people and you will do positive things with your life. Hell yeah. Love it. So I mean, I'll yeah. take that as two and three. That was a good one. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Spencer, uh, thank you so much for coming on. The conversation was great. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I think everyone's going to enjoy it. I appreciate it, Derek. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're an avid listener or you just enjoyed this particular episode, we would really appreciate if you go on iTunes and leave us a review. That's how we get to reach more people with this podcast, bring more value and more information and more education to all of you. So please go on iTunes, leave us a review. We would appreciate it so, 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 so much. And other than that, be sure to check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, we're even on TikTok. Get on there, follow us, let us know what you want to see, let us know how we can help you, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week.